Guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. The sponsor of today's show is Evest, a digital brokerage firm founded with the vision of bringing trust and credibility to the world of online trading. Evest provides investors with better opportunities in the online trading industry, offering self-trade service with high level of security and secured global licenses. Evest offers 100% reliable stocks with zero commission. Hey, so this week you're going to be hearing uh, a bit more of my voice uh, because we had a last minute pull out on the show. We booked these shows three, four months in advance, uh, and but it's always live and it's always on Friday at 11 a.m. And if someone is feeling unwell or can't make it, we made the mistake of not having episodes in the bank or in the tank. Uh, so what we've decided to do, given that this week was Arab Media Forum and it's uh, a lot of focus on the media industry in the Middle East this week with a lot of the leading companies uh, presenting and talking at that, we decided to do a media podcast uh, with yours truly. Luckily, we have uh, very good interviewers in our company. So Halab Assam, who normally leads on Smashy TV, uh, the daily morning shows. So she interviews me. We talk about Augustus Media and we talk about uh, media in general in the region. I hope you enjoy the conversation. We're back with another episode of Dubai Works, but today we're doing a twist. I'm interviewing Richard, CEO of Augustus Media. Are you ready, Richard? I'm, uh, what do we say in Arabic? Jahaz? Jahaz? Jahaz. Jahaz, I'm ready. Yeah. Thanks, Halit. Nice to be interviewed by you. I'm, we've actually swapped seats if you're listening. We've swapped seats, so I'm in where the guest normally sits for Literally. a change. And I'm the host, you're the host. of Dubai Works, so I'm t- <laughs> going to take advantage of that today. <laughs> but let's uh, kick it off and start talking about Augustus Media, the history of it. How did you start it? And uh, yeah, give us the history. So Augustus Media is essentially what we call a modern media company. You know, uh, there's many ways to describe it. Publishers of Love in Dubai, publishers of Love in Saudi, broadcasters of Smashy TV, a hybrid between a broadcaster and a publisher, text, audio and video, a mix of a newspaper, a mix of a TV station, a mix of a radio station. So there's many ways to, to describe a publishing house traditionally might have lots of magazines or a network might have different TV channels. So essentially, you know, that's what we see Augustus Media. We see it focused on digital, focused on the Middle East and focused on creating uh, millennial and now Gen Z brands that, uh, you know, modern new media designed for this, for now that we're in this kind of uh, you know, we're not necessarily saying a mobile age, but we're saying a kind of a new media age and new me- media is perpetual. Definitely. Uh, tell us more. Why Augustus? Why the name? Yeah. So Augustus, uh, there's a few reasons why the name is from a character from a period of history, uh, Octavian, Octavius, which uh, the emperor of Rome after Julius Caesar, uh, 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 Emperor Augustus. And, uh, 
he was the first emperor in Rome to use his bust around the city and on coins and things like that. So in a sense, understood uh, media and communications and propaganda and things like that. And uh, yeah, I mean, we... Uh, I just wanted a name for a company that meant something. I remember being inspired. I used to always work in advertising agencies. I remember uh, being inspired by uh, a content company I saw in London once. Uh, I was into art at the time. I used to go to all the great museums in London. And, uh, you know, at one time in Eastern London in about the 1700s or so, there was a lot of slums and there was a lot of, um, you know, after the Renaissance, you would see these great paintings of the royal families in the UK, but you would never see paintings of real people. Yeah. You know, you'd see the church and you'd see all that sort of stuff. Um, and an artist called William Hogarth painted all the slums in East London and he did them in such character way, like these big, big paintings with hundreds of people, you know, little rats around the place and taking bread and mm. stuff like that. Anyway, many years later, a, an agent's, a content company, part of the WPP group called their company Hogarth. And I remember going to their office and just liking that they had a tribute to him, someone who worked in that space indirectly because what was what was uh creativity as a business back then you know advertising and media is a mix of commerce and creativity and 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 now journalism as well so yeah um, there's a few kind of personal sides to it my grandfather's name was Osti, but we thought it was Augustus. Uh, I took my, in Ireland, when in the Catholic, we, there's a tradition of when you get, you do your Holy Communion when you're like six or seven, and yet then you do your confirmation when you're 12 and 13, and you actually take a third name. So, you know, uh, but it's usually supposed to be after a saint. But again, I messed up again. So first of all, I, I got the wrong name of my grandfather who died in 1952, so a long, long time ago. Um, and then I also chose Augustus and, you know, the, the priest, they accepted it. Mm -hmm. They accepted Augustus, but really, I don't think there is a Saint Augustus. There's Saint Augustine, which is, okay. a, so, so the, the emperor part is the better story, but you know, I, I kind of choose Augustus, uh, in that as well. And yeah, um, now we're in this studio where, uh, you know, we asked the designers last year to use that theme of Augustus and he's not a philosopher. There are plenty of people, even Julius Caesar might have more quotes than Emperor Augustus, but he, he was definitely someone who is famed for taking the Roman Republic and to turn it into an empire, empire. And there was 200 years of peace after uh, he died and, and passed. So he kind of came into, I should have the numbers at the top of my head, but he came into power sort of um 20 bc or 24 mm -hmm. bc and then he became emperor 14 bc uh and he fought with anthony and cleopatra etc and uh, there was a few battles that he had to kill off at the start and then um he lived until he was 70 or 80 and he didn't have a son to take over and equally he wasn't the son of julius caesar he was the adopted son um and some of the you know some of the fables around the time when he people didn't think he should be emperor who is this 18 year old 19 year old yeah. um but uh but yeah he's he's famed for providing peace afterwards they said he saw a comet in the sky when 
uh, Julius Caesar died, and that's a sign that he's going to be emperor. So we have some comments on the wall here exactly, and, yeah. and things like that. But also, like, you know, I like history, and I think media is very much, you know, media isn't about science and spirituality in a sense. Media is about storytelling and history and content, whether it's documentaries and whether it's, you know, day-to-day newspapers and news is affect a type of history. It's a type of documenting and writing what's going on. And when I studied history, uh, you know, people like Otto von Bismarck, who, uh, you know, in G- united Germany and created peace until, until yeah, for 40, 50 years at the turn of the 19th, 20th century. So b- b- things like that, it, you know, set something up for, okay, what are we building here? Exactly. We're trying to build a media company that, you know, navigates the tricky waters that we're in now, but basically recognizes that digital media is the future and that the thing, the foundations that we put in place now can be around for 60, 70 years. A hundred percent. And you've carried that until now, let's say in the new media as well. But um, what brands are under Augustus Media? Because it's the mother company. What lays under it? Yeah, so we actually started with Love in Dubai even before Augustus was the license. So yeah. Augustus DMCC was the license, but that wasn't the brand and it wasn't, you know, that story and website wasn't public. So we started with Love in Dubai in September 2015. So we just celebrated seven years and uh thank you but lovin started originally in dublin Uh, a friend of mine niall harbison set it up and uh we signed a 10-year area developer agreement with them uh and we've since bought out of that and it's since like separate and he's left and it's you know it's changed hands in ireland etc um but it, it meant that we could focus on this region so you know, we did Love in Dubai and then Love in Saudi. Uh, mainly the reason we did, a couple of reasons why we did Love in Saudi and not cities at the time. We subsequently have cities in Saudi, Love in Riyadh, Love in Sharjah for Eastern Province, Love in Niam and Love in Jeddah. Uh, there's, you know, you could do a lot more over there as well. It's a big place, but, um, essentially it was cheaper for us to choose one name mm-hmm. in the deal that we had at the time. And, um, I also, you know, was exposed to the region for a few years before and saw that people did create different brands for Saudi, you know, so I thought like doing it in green and doing it different to love in Dubai would suit that market, tap into that sort of national pride. So, and it has worked, like, even though we changed it from English into Arabic. So the love in Saudi and that, that love in Saudi brand does work, but it doesn't necessarily fit what we're trying to achieve with love. And we want to keep love as a local news city brand. Yeah. And we want to keep the city name always associated with love. And we don't want to dilute that brand. Um, and then, you know, we say love in your life as the mindset. So some publishing houses might have a category around um, a magazine for food, a magazine for automotive, a magazine for style. What we we say we have passion points or mindset brands and loving is very much that sort of love in your life, YOLO, um, have a good time. And, and it suits that sort of 18 to 34 demographic. Um, but on the flip side, uh, you know, we felt that there was a gap with uh, another type of a mindset, uh, that suits startups. So that was really the, the sort of idea of creating Smashy, of which you lead for us. <laughs> and, My baby. Uh, yeah, your baby. So Smashy TV is a, you know, uh, what is Smashy TV, Hala? Oh, pop quiz. <laughs> <laughs> it's a live streaming platform for business and tech news in the MENA region. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, presented like an audio ad. 
Yeah, we got that, that's the break. The ad break is over. Yes. That's it. Yeah. So we. So and what do we say? It's for the driven, the dreamers and the doers. Of exactly. Course, yeah. Like, yeah. and that's the sort of that's the flip side to loving. And you know, you know, and, and another level like it, it smashy is one channel, but it could be we could talk about it as twelve channels. They're small, but like you do sometimes you do your tech Bilarabi show and you do a lot of startup news, but then you'll do the crypto show. And then, you know, there's others, there's Smashy Style, there's Smashy Home, and there's things like that. So it, that that sort of mission of becoming the new media company of choice in the Middle East, we're tackling it by doing city brands, of which now there are 16 lovens, and we're tackling it by doing uh, community, uh, not just community, but vertical brands. Yes. So Smashy Green is like for the environment. And, you know, we take our cues. These aren't all original concepts, right? We take our cues from other brands. We get inspiration for them. Like Bloomberg do a very good job at digital, right? As well as being a very good uh, brand before digital. Mm-hmm. But I'm always uh, intrigued to see how they position their social handles and naming conventions. And, you know, at business on Twitter is Bloomberg. It's not at Bloomberg, it's at business. And, you know, they have, you know, uh, Bloomberg, they have a green account for it. They have a crypto, like, so very similar to that. But we we feel that one of our views is that the, the Arab world can have its own sort of modern media. And by having a, a American brands like CNN, Bloomberg and New York Times, there, there are some nuances and there's some things that they don't uh, that they don't know how to cover here. And they don't necessarily treat this region as media as a as a as a priority. Now, of course, there's lots of other legacy and there's lots of the modern Arabic media channels. Smashy is Arabic first, but it's Arabic and English and Lovin. Uh, is was English first in Dubai, but it's got a lot of Arabic in it throughout the region as well. Exactly. And you mentioned a very important point, I believe, which is uh, taking cues from other platforms or other media outlets as well, or other uh, companies. A lot of people deny that or close their eyes and they're like, no, we don't want to look at other competitors or things like that. But it's normal and it's actually good to see where the trend is going, Right. Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting point. I think, you know, startups often have to position something. What's the problem you have to chan- change and how do you be disruptive? So it's almost frowned upon to not come up with a unique product as a startup. But getting product market fit often needs behavior type and often needs people to understand what the hell you are, right? And, you know, we we try with media, but the problem with media is that if we say we are a TV station, then we won't get any views because no one's watching TV. Or if we say we're a newspaper, so we have to try and navigate, well, what are we? You know, are we a streaming service? Is it a Netflix streaming service or is it linear TV? Well, people don't know what linear is in streaming yet because you know, the, the free ad supported, the fast streaming service hasn't come on yet. Okay. Then are we a podcast? Are we, you know, do we have a website? Do we not? There's, there's loads of different questions that are constantly happening with media, you know, and people make different choices all the time. We don't, we don't get all of them right, but by being, by, by really trying to be digital and by trying to do things in a digital way, then we, we hopefully can, people can understand what it is. Look, you and I were having a quick chat about this show before and, uh, this show is, is a video show on Smashy, but we call it a podcast. So the guests kind of know, they know that they're on a podcast and they kind of know where to find it. But if you sit down with someone and they do an interview with you and it's on video, 
uh, and it's a video show, then is it YouTube? Does exactly. it behind the paywall? Is it on TV? Okay, how do I get the link? Well, you don't get the link, it's on TV and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. So it, so, um, I think sometimes it's important to take cues. Like going back to Augustus Media part, um, you know, what's the shame in saying, if I'm a lawyer, what's the shame in saying, in setting up a law firm today in 2022? What's wrong with that? Do I have to have do I have to have law tech? Is there an acronym like ed tech for law? <laughs> no, like I don't legal think tech? <laughs> probably something. But do I have to is that like can you not just build a law firm that understands cybersecurity, that understands exactly. digital, that takes brilliant qualified yeah. lawyers out of university and works in this space? Like, you know, there's a PR agency who, who work with us a good bit. And they're called Luna PR. I give them a shout mm-hmm. out, but they they just do crypto. Yeah, and they're taking they're working with all the clients here, but and that's amazing because it's found a niche, it's found something, and it's kind of working with a lot of NFT platforms, a lot of the trading things like Binance and all that sort of stuff. And I think it's the same with with uh, Augustus Media. We're not saying that we're going to be a Facebook or a Spotify. We're literally going okay. Um, the equivalent, the law for, firms that were set up the newspapers that were set up in the 1850s in, in the Western world and, you know, 1970s in some parts of here, although in Egypt it was a lot before, and then the radio stations and then uh, the TV stations from 1950s onwards. Uh, you know, you can set up a company after the year 2000 and it can be a modern media company. But it's my view uh, that... Uh, that you should focus on that because it's hard. You should focus on being text, audio, and video. You shouldn't try and uh, pivot to other things too much. Like you have to get the fundamentals of digital right. Exactly. I agree 100%. Talking more about digital and the industry, um, of course, post-pandemic and during the pandemic, lots of changes to the new media industries. Can you tell us more? What did you see through Augustus Media Brands? Yeah, uh, like if perpetual media always changes. There's already things like the, a, a lot of what media is today is on digital platforms. Like we mentioned some of them before. There's Meta, there's Snapchat, there's Facebook, there's Twitter. And when these companies who are on the stock market, they're not making profits, but when they have lots of funds and they have lots of engineers, they're changing product all the time. And a lot of creators, the creator economy, a lot of publishers chase those algorithms. So by default, we're being led by product changes and the product changes are being led by growth metrics that are being led by what users do. Like this year alone, it's very much a vertical, but it's a year of short form vertical video. Why? Because two, three years ago, Mark Zuckerberg saw the stats of TikTok and in an open and an all hands town hall meeting, he said, we have a TikTok problem. Mm -hmm. And what does Mark Zuckerberg, who this uh, by chance, but who by um, coincidence is uh, a huge advocate or he he really likes Emperor Augustus. Mm -hmm. He did what before he dropped out of Harvard, he did one course called Rome in the time of Augustus. So not Rome, like just one little like (laughs) 70 year period. It's a sign. Yeah. And he actually visited there, I think on his way to, um, like he did one sort of trip, like he he went to Daniel X wedding in Sweden and he went to Lagos. I think he went to Rome. And I I think this might be me reading into too much, but if you look at his hair parting, if you look at, 
<laughs> look at look at the Augustus statue in our reception. He's actually look right. Look at the hairline of, of Emperor Augustus, and that's not every emperor. That's Augustus's that's hairline. That's not a coincidence. And that's what Mark Zuckerberg's hairline is like. But so you know, but he did say you know, and every time he has a challenge, he tries to overcome it. So he saw TikTok as a challenge. And people often, you know, people know the story about stories, about Snapchat and, yeah. and Instagram. But what's happened this year versus last year? Last year, we used to say you have to make TikToks, right? But this year, it's the, the people are catching on week on week, but they're realizing you can make vertical video. Yeah. And vertical video works on shorts. Uh, YouTube works on TikTok, works on reels and, and and it's doing really well and i think i think that's what you know leaning into vertical is something that snapchat did from day one right like that vertical yes. format and the mobile phone so there's a bit so that's one of the the bigger trends that's happening but there are many smaller trends like you know going back to the pandemic we saw in love in dubai we were almost validated or vindicated that local news can survive yeah. um, because I remember March 2020 was the second, I think the big, second or biggest month uh, in seven years on page views mm. and not only page views, video views, because we were, you know, this was a, an Arabic first country where the national broadcasts were in Arabic to 9 million people and the daily news about what's happening with the, with the pandemic here and how, the UAE brilliantly navigated it, but they were, they were regularly giving updates every Wednesday night at 10 o'clock, yeah. they give an update. And so, you know, it, it goes back to, you know, newspapers are shutting down and in the U S all these local newspapers are being taken over by funds. That I don't know what you would call them, but they're basically squeezing the profits out of them. Mm. And, um, they're not necessarily investing in local news. So there's an opportunity, uh, for modern media to invest in local news. Axios is one mm. brand that's doing a great job. Um, Axios means, I think, brevity or something like that in Greek. But uh, so, but they're, they're doing a really good job at local news. Uh, probably that wrong. But anyway, they're doing a really good job at local news and they have newsletters for every state in the US or for a lot of states now, 10 or 15. And, you know, that's it, a reminder to us is like, okay, this water on the table, yeah, water can be free. A public park can be free. But you know, the, the fourth estate or media can also be a business. Yeah. Like water can also be a business. So news can also be a business. So if you're providing utility and free news to people and, it, and in the attention economy, if you're exchanging, uh, if, you know, people can exchange their attention for free mm -hmm. to give them advertising. So that's the premise of the business model around it. And, you know, that's what we definitely saw during the pandemic that there is a need for local news. We always knew it, but we just saw it more and more. And it allows us to sort of understand, well, uh, we, if we're a modern media company, do we do news and how do we do news and what's our manifesto and how do we work within uh, the sort of uh, the framework of what mod, what news is to an Arab world yeah. versus what news is to um, a different region per se. Um, and I could talk about that, but it's like, but that just, I talked earlier about sort of building the framework and the foundations of what a modern media company can be. And by getting these things right, those two examples, by always adapting and by watching the algorithms and the formats, but then also uh, by recognizing that you're doing modern media, you're doing local news and you're doing non-scripted and you're doing news, then uh, by doing, by building uh, around those two things with 
um, infrastructure. Yeah. So, uh, and relationships, like relationships with universities to bring in talent, relationships with platforms, um, like Snapchat and Facebook, like by putting all that in place, then you know you've got something more solid to work with. You know you've got something where talent can come and work. You know you've got something uh, where brands can understand. You know, there are areas where we're not uh, up to up to speed with yeah. like our data story isn't there yet but we know our branded content story is quite good um a client kind of pulled me in by the neck <laughs> <laughs> by the collar uh, a few weeks ago and you know uh gave feedback about a campaign that they felt didn't go too well mm. but the reason they were giving feedback is because they want to they want us to level up exactly they kind of said to us you guys probably grew too fast yeah. but now like but we actually like working with you. You suit our brand. You're, you've got that wink. You've got that quirkiness. And this was a global automotive. This was like a um, hundred year old brands. Like this is a well-known brand. And they were kind of saying, so what you've got to do is listen and go, okay, cool. And then, well, what does, how do we do that? Um, so yeah, a lot of things in one there, but basically um, the the changes in, in media consumption are as perpetual as how we produce. But you don't only have challenges as a company with the things that change in the economy, for instance, and the pandemic and things like that. You also have, as you mentioned, the platforms themselves and the algorithm that keeps on changing. So what's the key to adapt and make your team adapt fast as well? Because I think that's essential. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you talked about the pandemic. There's always macro stuff. There's always things like energy prices and business factors and planning. Um, you know, we're, we're basically a self-funded company, uh, and we reinvest our profits. Um, but, you know, talking about specifically about, uh, keeping up with the pace of change of platforms and algorithms, um, I think it's uh, two things. There's culture and skill set. Mm. Culture by empowering people to make decisions and having enthusiastic people to understand what's happening on these platforms. And then skill set, uh, training our people, self-training and people doing it themselves and knowing, uh, testing things out and have, and, being able to sort of fail with things, different formats, videos and stuff like that. So, yeah, so definitely sort of, you know, one of our values is ingenuity and it's, you know, it kind of is about, there's a bit of genius in everything we do. In other words, think, mm -hmm. you know, like if you can think and you can test things out, then you can, um, then that's a good place to start. Like we're, we're not engineers, although there might be some engineers working for us with engineering degrees, but we're definitely in that sort of, you know, someone once said of an advertising agency, what are you peddling? Like, what are you selling? You're selling ideas, yeah. right? You're selling stories. Uh, it's cheesy to say we're storytellers, but basically the, you know, you, what you come up with, your ideas, um, and that lateral thinking, whether it's ability to solve problems, but the ability to put your spin on it, um, is definitely the sort of, um, culture. And then, uh, the skill set. Uh, you know, I remember when I was super passionate about social media and I was in a digital agency in Dublin at the time and I couldn't believe that the 30 other people in the company didn't love this thing as yeah. much as I did. And I almost was like, I don't really want to be around these people. They're just ordinary people. They haven't geeked out and read all these articles. And I remember once saying to my boss or the a senior guy, um, my boss doesn't know the difference between cloud computing and crowdsourcing. 
And like, it was just, it was just something I said, but I just didn't get on with my boss. But one of the things was, is that the, the, the my boss at the time, she's brilliant at her job. And, but I didn't feel that she was passionate about the industry. Yeah. And sometimes you, you almost, when you're young, you think that you need to be passionate about it. And I was a real geek at social media. Like I was a pure geek in 27, 28, 2007, 2008, 2009. But when I got to London, London was a much more sophisticated ad mm. industry. And I realized that these guys were way better, guys and girls, and everyone was way better at, at uh, the industry that I was. They were de- better at doing creative. They were better at pitching. They were better at holding presence in a room. They were better at presenting. They were better at uh, working with people. They were Their uh, emotional intelligence was better. Soft skills, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just so much better at everything, but they didn't have the technical skills. Yeah. But it didn't matter. So I remember joining like what I thought was the best social media agency in the world, and they were. We are social. Yeah, yeah I thought that the reason they're good is because everyone's a geek. No, there were some geeks, but there were some people who were just good PR people or good people people, right? Yeah. And that's that's when I learned that like, you don't necessarily need to be the geek. So we don't, so we don't, I say culture and skills. You don't necessarily need to be the person who knows every update, every update, right? Yeah, you should. And you should be, if it's your vocation, you should be at least clued in enough, but you don't need to be sitting on YouTube for seven hours on a Saturday or whatever, watching the latest things. People might disagree with that. Mm-hmm. People say might say to be the top of your profession of production and or, your product and yeah. app development. Yeah. You might need to know, but I think somewhere in the company you need that mm-hmm. expertise. But overall, uh, if that's there, then you can know some of it. Because going back to kind of your line of questioning, you can't keep up with everything. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. True. I agree. But also, like. For Love and Brands, let's say, you guys do articles and things like that. And I've heard you once say that we write for people, we don't write for Google, for instance. So uh, tell us more about that, because articles, usually only people care about SEO, for instance. Yeah. But however, your product is the people. We write for the community first. Yeah. yeah. So, so definitely, the, you know, going back to the sort of um, love in your life and driven dreamers do is piece like we say loving is is about people and communities so that's our media lens like we're definitely looking for community stories and it helps us with our commercial aspects so we're not necessarily promoting an event before it happens unless it's paid for but if an event happens and if people in dubai are excited enough to document that event then we're going to document that they documented it so we're definitely sort of and, and that runs throughout like on our show in the mornings we bring in you know, there was a there was a, a guy this morning, a 50-year-old, he doesn't look 50, he looks about 35, but a 50-year-old Filipino cyclist, Danny, an ex-bodybuilder who's just a brilliant cyclist. So he came on the show this morning. Great community story. You know, he achieved something massive in France. He was the first guy uh, to do a Grand Fondo event, and it was just amazing. So that's very much about people, right? And local news is about that, so it fits. And the same with, uh, you know, Smashy as well is about the stories of startups. But uh, yeah, definitely like the other thing about the SEO piece and the articles, we probably could do articles and SEO a bit better. We probably could do podcasts a bit better. We probably could do different medias and different formats a bit better. Uh, but Lovin definitely started out more so as it was a text-based blog website, but we definitely got traction on social media because of the comments and the interaction and that fast paced news and the ability to 
um, be the finger on the pulse and that discovery piece of what's happening around the city using yeah. digital tools and techniques to pick things up. So that sort of uh, that that sort of um, leads to sort of where you are, right? Like, you know, people ask, would say, should we have a, a TikTok or should we have a Telegram or whatever? I always say yes, because it's digital. We should be on everything. We should be platform agnostic. Um, I have a friend who's setting up a new media brand now and he said, um, I'm not going to do a website. I'm like, cool. And um, even uh, Balkis for her, the platform in Saudi, uh, when I, you know, full disclosure, I invested in it, but, you know, she's figuring out, uh, should she have a website or not? And she's kind of deciding no. And you know what the rationale around it is? Um, to, to do slow news, not fast news. Mm. So you can be more impactful because she wants to tell the stories of females in the Gulf, uh, about, you know, she does training with them as well, but she wants to sort of, uh, tell their stories of how they kind of uh, progress in their profession and in their lives. So you can almost be more meaningful with that content if you don't chase the algorithms. Like I kind of commented on uh, the post that she did for National Day. And I was kind of saying that, look what we did on Saud Love in Saudi on National Day. Look at the views. Like we had four accounts over there and we did maybe 200 posts. Yeah. And it got way more traction than hers. And she said, we spent two weeks making that content. Oh, wow. We picked the Saudi female, et cetera. And I was kind of like, yeah, and you're, but, but it doesn't fit the algorithm. Like it's, it looks too polished. It looks too perfect. It looks too boring, but it will fit another medium. It will fit a podcast. It will fit a newsletter where you've got a more engaged, um, you know, uh, what's the Brian Morrissey calls it? The ex Day guy who runs, um, a, a podcast called The Rebooting, and he says primary engaged media or something like mm. that. So it's that sort of space that isn't cluttered with noise and algorithms. That's the thing. When you're on social media, my mindset immediately is like two seconds. It's either you get my attention or I bounce off regardless, you know? So that's why there's a lot of competition, to be honest. But also with Augustus Media Brands, like you have many brands in different markets, isn't that a challenge to get what this market needs, what kind of tone and things like that, and what news to cover? Or is it just local news, for instance, for Delavan brands? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, like, you know, we're seven years in, what it feels like we're still starting, like that Love in Your Life manifesto, like how does that work across the region? So within, you know, respecting the prophet, peace be upon him, respecting Islam and respecting leadership and respect it, respecting one's ability to earn a living like that. That's a, sort of a really top line and a fast way of me saying of what we need to do with media here, but we can still do media. So, you know, I, I throw out these statements, but talking about history, I know it's not the question you asked, but talking about history. He loves the, history. <laughs> the Ottoman Empire banned the printing press and the Islamic Empire banned the printing press for 300 years. The internet isn't banned. So, so that's the sort of, that's the, th that's the framework of other markets. So how do we do media in other markets? Well, first of all, we think we have a brand that works the the 2223 arab arabic speaking countries we think we have a brand that works right then that's one part of it and we think we have a, a media lens a populist local news media lens and then we think we've got a brand that that works on instagram and works on tiktok and works on apps so we think we've got that then the harder part so once you have that cool it doesn't mean it's going to work 
So we created had a playbooks, like mm-hmm. as you know. So we've got a playbook to if we have a, a journalist in Pakistan or in Sudan or in Doha, like we give them and Qatar, we give them the playbook, but they still mightn't get it right. Yeah. Because it's a lot to do for one or two or three people. But you know, for example, people when they saw Love in Dubai, this when we were launching Love in Saudi, they were like, How are you gonna do it there? Exactly. This is five years mm-hmm. ago. People like people would still think how do you do Love in Dubai in Saudi, but back then they definitely did. Like this look gracefully people's perception is changing a bit but um you know they thought that well you can't write about clubs and stuff because they aren't in saudi but we never thought that we did that we thought that we wrote about people and uh for example in dubai we wrote about the crown prince a lot saudi has a crown prince in dubai we wrote about a national airline a lot Saudi has homegrown brands. Mm-hmm. In Dubai, we wrote about nostalgia and buildings that people know in Sheikh Zayed Road, like you being a Dubai kid that I you got remember. Bumps, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So in Saudi, we do that. Yeah. The, 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 the sweets and the, the, the chocolates that you used to buy in Dubai, they have that in Saudi. They have that in Lebanon. They have that in Egypt, right? So that's, but, but even though we know that and that's a playbook, doesn't mean it's going to work. Like market entry is hard. Opening a restaurant in another market is hard. You might have the menu. You might look, it's a menu. It works. Yeah. No, not different dynamics, different propensity to spend so many things about market entry. Um, but, uh, you know, if we have this long-term thing in mind, we think it can work over time. A lot of education, you know, we, we really want to uh, find ways to teach people more as well. But yeah, That's, is that the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you, you answered it perfectly fine. I, I believe it's a challenge regardless of the business, but even in new media, uh, it is. It is very challenging because entering a market, getting the tone right, the culture, the accuracy of news, I feel there are a lot of challenges there. But uh, Augustus Media is doing it right. Let's talk about the future plans. Yeah. Uh, what are the future plans for Augustus Media? Uh, so, you know, it's interesting. Like, so we just want to keep growing. Like I talked before about sort of building something long term, but we want to keep growing slowly and steady. Like we're, we're a business, we're profitable. Uh, and we try and reinvest into the business. Uh, we try and grow in that way. Um, immediate, you know, year, year seven of 10, we have growth metrics to sort of 2025, which would be 10 years in. Um, you know, at one point we might look for a strategic partner. Uh, we did a lot of growth in the last 18 months. We built these offices. We, uh, did a JV in Pakistan. We did a JV in, in Sudan. We launched Love in Doha, Love in Bahrain, uh, and Love in Cairo. Uh, so those are still in their early stages. And to your last question, you know, we still need to sort of get that brand local news in those markets. So we think those need about 12 to 18 months to get right. Um, so that's sort of one piece that we're still growing those. We will do new partnerships. We still haven't gone into, uh, Levant region. We haven't done some more other places in the Gulf, um, and other parts of North Africa. Uh, we, you know, so on the love and brand, there's still room for growth. Uh, there might be even room outside the region in the future, but our focus is the region. Uh, our focus is on digital. As you know, with Smashy, we've been doing it, with, I think today is, yesterday was your anniversary? Yes, my third anniversary. Why didn't anniversary. we put it, it tears, <laughs> no, yeah. Why didn't we put it, it <laughs> So, uh, happy anniversary. Thank but, you so much. Uh, so, you know, in the last three years, like what you've been doing on Smashy is, part of a view of streaming, right? Yeah, 
the content goes out on social and it does really well there and it's got lots of uh, you know, the Tech Bilarabi show is a podcast and we do Snapchat, but really we're trying to sort of look at that wave of media with streaming. Um, you know, you can do social media well, but what's what's the equivalent of uh, digital newspapers and things like that? And, and streaming is something, right? Exactly. And apps and things like that. So uh, we purchased a, a company earlier this year to do live sports, Cam Plus Sport, and now we're the exclusive broadcasters for the national uh, federations in the UAE for futsal, volleyball and handball. So we'll stream over 600 games this year. uh, And we just started, the season has just started in September. Uh, So that's a big, that's a big investment. That's a big play for us. And uh, yeah, just more uh, branded content, more shows, you know, more, uh, more, more content really. Um, And yeah, we'd like to replicate a little bit of what we have in Dubai, continue to build in Saudi. Uh, We have a nice team over there. Um, And uh, that's really it. Uh, You know, I could talk more about where we see media going and talking about the metaverse exactly and And not only that like guys if you don't know Richard's predictions are almost (laughs) always right (laughs) so if you can tell us about the prediction for the new media industry in the future I keep boasting about I wrote (laughs) an article for campaign Middle East in, in January I do one every year and uh, it's luck. It's like gambling. It's luck that some of these things happen. Um, if you, if you say enough things that some things will happen, but you know, um, so I haven't really thought about it too much about 2023 or onwards. I can't believe 2023 is so close, but, um, you know, uh, kind of focused on the end of this year for now, but yeah, I, I think it's more of the same. There's a big debate about AR versus metaverse. You know, like Evan Spiegel at Snap has one view and Mark Zuckerberg has the other. Tim Cook came out this week and said he doesn't believe in the metaverse, you know. And so I think that I think the industry is going to talk about that for a long time. Um, we will do both. Uh, because I think I think there's room for both. You know, we will do both just like, and we'll document them as they make bets and companies start and fail on each, you know, and that's the role of media. Exactly. Thank you so much, Richard. Thank you, Hala. <laughs> Very insightful interview. <laughs> I've lost my job. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. Thank you so much for tuning in for Dubai Works. Okay, well, I'm now back at the other side of the table just to get back in my normal position uh, doing the outro of this episode. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, just a few views on media at the moment and where it's going and what we're, we're doing here in our humble little media company, Augustus Media. Uh, do uh, listen to Smashy uh, TV, Smashy uh, on any podcast app to buy works and also download the streaming apps as well. Uh, we will be having uh, more interviews uh, as backup in the future. So we, ju- we do want to keep the frequency uh, as a weekly podcast, as we've done uh, ever since it started in January 2019. Uh, and we'll keep this up. Uh, so uh, thank you to Shahir and Ali again for being nimble and producing this and making sure the video and the audio and everything works well. And we'll be back again uh, uh, next week at 11 o'clock on Friday. But I also want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, uh, Eves, who are a trading platform. Uh, really worth checking out. Download the app, give it a go. Uh, learn all about tech and stocks and and equities and other instruments and other products as well that they've got. They've got their own podcast coming up soon as well. So Evest, a pretty cool company to check out. 
Uh, thanks again for sponsoring Dubai Works uh, and uh, see you guys next week. <laughs>